Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of Trading Bitcoin with your host, Tone Vase. I am still here in Dallas, Texas, and uh, the conference is over. Uh, chilling out here by the pool. That's why there's music behind me. Hope this video doesn't get flagged for too much copyright. And um, I'm going to probably let Socrates talk uh, most of the time, and I'll just stay on mute. And uh, speaking of which, let's welcome Socrates back to the show. How's it going, Tone? I sure appreciate you having me back on. Always a pleasure to look at some charts with you. Um, I am just got back into town myself. I uh, had a weekend vacation out over to Telluride. I uh, was playing some golf and eating some great food and having some good drinks. Um, just got back into town uh, right before jumping on. So I am uh, been itching to take a look at these charts all day. So it'll be the best time to do it right now. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember the last time you were on. We got a, we got a couple of news events. Uh, we'll, we'll go through those. Also, a lot of my followers asked for, uh, for me to bring Crown onto the show, and I will later this week. I uh, was texting with him uh, just now, actually, before the show, and uh, he will be coming on uh, probably Wednesday, but don't hold me to the date, but sometime next week uh, we'll get Crown on the show as well. All right, guys, let's go to screen share. Well, uh, I'll try to make this quick. Now that I'm in Dallas, Texas, stonevase.com, uh, the workshop here in Dallas, Texas is over. The only one left is the equity options webinar coming up this weekend. I'm going to somehow find a way to disappear for the week because I actually have to build the whole curriculum for the weekend. I'll get it done. May not be much sleep involved, but it will be ready. Don't worry, guys. Um, conferences. Uh, you know, we'll mention the financial summit later, but uh, check it out. Uh, the financial summit, uh, a couple of hedge funds are very interested in attending algorithmic hedge funds to program trader strategies. So uh, hopefully the dynamic between traders and them will be the same. Unconfiscatable, tickets go on sale soon. Um, that is uh, pretty much it. Check out the calendar of where I'm traveling uh, from here. My next destination will be the Black Blockchain Summit, and then I'm over in Europe for a bunch of stuff. All right, one more announcement before we get to the chart. Socrates is going to launch his YouTube channel. Um, I should probably take this link and put it right into the video description. Wonder what happens if I click on edit video while we are live streaming, and I'm gonna go ahead and add this into the video description so that is soccer and I'll, I'll update it later with more details but it is there um and i am gonna god i hate the new uh youtube if you're watching and you should be watching every video on your platform your new creator studio is beyond bad like i i didn't even complain when twitter gave us a new look but your new creator studio is non-functionable it's not usable uh it is a complete and utter disaster uh anyway now that i've said my piece um let me um yeah but yeah so go ahead and follow socrates uh he's gonna have his own youtube channel coming up all right uh monthly chart nothing has changed i have nothing actually to say on it unless you do we're moving on to the daily chart um, Fabric, thank you so much for your very generous donation. In fact, that deserves an admin 
click. All right. Um, weekly chart is where we are at. The week is about to end. What do we got? A couple of hours to go. And um, this is not a good looking candle. Uh, however, just like what happened with last week's candle, I needed a green two to go above a green one to be bullish. Socrates needed even more than that to get to the parabolic SIR. Now I would need a red two to go below the red one to take on a bearish trade on a weekly scale, but we are below the parabolic SIR. So what does that mean, Socrates? Do you have any bearish trades on uh, using the weekly time frame, or we really need to zoom in on this? I actually did just enter a bearish position over the weekend, um, but it was not based on the weekly time frame. Uh, there is one uh, thing that I am looking at uh, on the weekly to uh, potentially signal an entry or to add to a position, and that would be a close below uh, the trend line that we have been keeping our eye on. If we uh, draw a trend line connecting the breakout from 4,000 um, up to uh, up through that first correction uh, right in there, uh, we are now threatening to break down that trend line. Um, I believe, yep, it is about as close as could be. So when looking at the weekly chart, I have been paying very close attention to see where this candle is going to close. I think about 10,400 is where I've decided that if we close below, I'm gonna determine that that has broken down, which is very important to me. Um, bullish trend lines in Bitcoin that last for multiple months are very powerful areas of support as long as the price is above them. And then once the price does break them down with the weekly close below, a significant um, correction is to be expected, at least as far as I'm concerned. All right. Yeah, there's not much to add on a weekly chart other than last week's candle was borderline bullish. I didn't like that shadow. I like the fact that we closed at a new weekly high, but I didn't like that upper shadow being longer than the body. This candle uh, is looking very bearish to me, and there's really been no, we're pretty much in a no trade zone right now from, uh, from the weekly perspective, and I will wait, but if next week is a rough week, taking us down to the 96, 97 range, that becomes a borderline catastrophe opening up the potential floodgates all the way down to seven and change. Yep. Sure enough. Um, let's head over to the daily chart. I was really hoping we'd get a nine here on the daily, but that's not going to happen. We would need uh, the price to literally go just under 10,000 or basically come down to 10,000. I don't think the price of Bitcoin is going to drop $400 in the next three to four hours. So we are getting a price flip. Maybe some exchanges uh, did give you a nine. I don't know. I am only looking at Bitstamp here. So to me right now, we're in a very neutral territory. I really wanted this to be a nine for a bounce. The setup trend is holding. Now, the, to me, the daily chart is still hopeful or naively bullish. Maybe this is the right vocabulary word. Uh, to me, the daily chart is naively bullish. But the moment we start approaching this $95, $9,600 area, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to lean towards the bearish side. 
but that's also when we start to approach this moving average. So that could also be a nice support point. So a lot of it will depend on um, if we go down, how quickly we get to 9,700. Is it going to be tomorrow or is it going to be, let's say, at the end of August? Um, the daily chart looks like it's, it can bounce uh, up to about maybe 10.6, 10, 10.7. 10, it, it has not been respecting this 50-period moving average at all on the simp on the uh, SA side. Uh, maybe Socrates, I know Socrates likes exponential moving averages. Maybe he can find something that the current daily price action has been respecting on the exponential side of the moving averages. But the moving averages that I use have not been respected. So I don't expect it to reject at 10.7. So it may not get to 10.7 or it may shoot over it. Ideally, here's what I would want to see for a clean trade. Prices to rally to no higher than 11,000. Slowly. Then start to, you know, pull back down towards... 9,700 slowly, then kind of get stuck there. And then sometime at the very end of August, um, the price on a daily red two is going below the daily red one and it's breaking the setup trend and the 128 day moving average at the same time. That gives me a clean opportunity to short at 9,500 looking for the next possible support target in the low $7,000 range where the 200 week moving day moving average will be maybe in the $7,500 range. That's still a $2,000 uh, hole that needs to be filled. Uh, your take on the daily chart, Saw. Um, can I go ahead and take over the screen share for a minute? And uh, uh, You know what? Let me just glance at my charts on the four hour chart in case I see something interesting. And I kind of don't, so I'll let you take over um, with the daily and going sub daily. And I'm gonna go ahead and mute and let you talk. Sounds great. I will share my screen now. Pulling up a chart. Uh, so starting with the daily, um, there is uh, just a couple things that I wanted to point out. Uh, the first was the areas of support that I was looking at uh, during this pullback that occurred here over the past week. Um, there were a number of areas of support that I was watching and I was kind of surprised that price did um, find support before returning to my trend lines and horizontal zones. And after seeing Tone's chart, uh, now I have a little bit better idea of um, what maybe happened there. So just drawing out the main areas of support that I was watching for, we had um, pulled back hard and fast uh, off of this um, 12,000 rejection, which I was viewing at the time as a bear channel uh, based on something like that. Uh, so we did get this nine on a hanging man and we pulled back sharply. Uh, so here I was expecting uh, some port to come in around 94.50 and I didn't see anything above that. Uh, so when price did 
find support right here um, above my zone. I was kind of curious, wondering what in the heck happened there. Sometimes there's really no explanation, but after seeing Tone's chart, it looked like there was a very good explanation. And that is that uh, setup trend line that uh, is right here, basically right where that price pulled back to and found support. Um, so that was definitely an area that I didn't notice in real time, but in hindsight, uh, that uh, does look like an area that I probably should have been paying a little bit closer attention to. Uh, so right now, what I am looking at is trying to determine if there is any pattern. Um, when we are basically stuck in a sideways consolidation area for a prolonged period of time, the um, uh, it's a good idea to start looking very closely for some different patterns. And we have had this uh, bear channel drawn for a little while now, and it does look to me like this is the predominant pattern um, uh, at least over the last couple months. However, uh, there is a definite argument to be made that what we're looking at is a Wyckoff either uh, distribution uh, or potentially even reaccumulation. Um, so that is something that would require a much further analysis. And uh, potentially if I have some time uh, tomorrow, I will um, dive in on the initial show that I got planned for the afternoon. Uh, so taking a look at a little bit of a closer time frame uh, to see if there are other patterns that might be forming in the four hour is absolutely um, the most important chart to me right now as it generally is uh, outside of where the weekly closes um, the four hour chart is painting a very interesting picture to me and one that I am uh, have already executed some positions on based on what we're seeing here. So pulling up my 50 and 200 uh, exponential moving averages again on the four hour chart. And I am seeing something that I really, really like to see. And that is a pattern being in confluence with a moving average crossover. So to give you an idea of what I'm talking about, we can take a look at the last time this happened um, was we had price pulling up and into the moving averages as it appeared that the moving averages were going to give a death cross and it didn't uh, there were days here three four days where it looks like this cross could come at any moment and this is a good example of why I'm so fond of the exponential moving averages is often they will just refuse to cross over. Um, whereas the simple moving averages, they just will never have action like this where they're like that flat and that close for that long. Um, but that's exactly why we wait for the actual crossover to happen. And when it happens in line with a a pattern that can be a, a very good opportunity to go ahead and enter a position. So what did we see here? A price pull up and into a death cross. And as the moving averages were working on crossing over, the price developed a bearish pattern, uh, specifically a head and shoulders. 
occurred right as the moving averages were crossing over. Uh, so right here on this candle, what happened was you confirmed a bearish pattern and you also finally got the death cross of the 50 and the 200 period EMAs. So that is a picture that I really like to see and we're getting a similar sort of situation right now. I am viewing this as a bear flag that is pulling up and into a death cross that occurred, um, I believe that was just yesterday. Yep, uh, just yesterday morning we got the death cross as price was rallying into it. And now I am seeing uh, this bear flagging pattern, which is providing a very similar target uh, to what I was originally looking at at 87.75 is the area where I have been expecting this pullback to eventually uh, come down to. That's basically the bottom of this channel. And that's also where some horizontal support waits uh, right back in here. So this is an area that I have been expecting uh, for a little while now and seeing a death cross with the EMAs along with a pattern that whose measured move is right in line with the uh, area where I have been looking for this pullback to eventually go. Um, that's a lot of uh, boxes that are getting checked uh, in terms of sometimes you, you don't need such all everything to be lining up so well to take a position. Uh, but when it does, that's when you kind of start to maybe lick your chops a little bit and go ahead and start uh, building. And that is what I did as the death cross came in. I sold that candle right there. And now I will be interested in potentially adding to that position if we confirm this pattern and what do you know um, often the parabolic SARS will be in line with a boundary whether it's a horizontal or a pattern um, and that's just what we're seeing here uh, notice how uh, we broke through the bearish SAR right in here. Now we've consolidated and uh, it started with the SAR far away from the price, but now it has accelerated towards price. And the closer it gets to the price, the more likely it is to break. Um, and if this SAR breaks, then I'm very much going to be expecting this pattern to confirm. And that would be my next area to either enter or add into the position that I already have open. Uh, so that's what I got on Bitcoin. Uh, also have a quick Ethereum chart I could share, or do you want me to send it back over to you first? All right, I'll keep it moving. Um, just pretty much when I see something like this happening in Bitcoin, where um, a pretty ideal sell setup is occurring, uh, the first thing that I think is uh, to look into some other um, altcoins to see if potentially there are some better shorting opportunities. Um, a lesson that I learned from Peter Brandt that I will probably never forget, and that is um, when you're longing, long the strongest, and when you're shorting, short the weakest. Um, and that's in terms of if you have a specific market that moves very similarly to each other, um, it makes a lot of sense to long the strongest or short the weakest in terms of if you've been buying crypto uh, throughout this year, you should be buying Bitcoin because it is the strongest asset in crypto. 
And if you're getting a sell signal in Bitcoin, then potentially uh, you should look at um, some other altcoins that could be better selling opportunities because um, they are absolutely going to be weaker than Bitcoin, at least um, from my perspective. And often when Bitcoin's showing a pattern, you will get a very similar pattern in Ethereum or some other altcoins. And that is basically what I have been seeing here. Maybe we will zoom out a little bit to something like the 12 hour. Um, back in here, we were looking at this as a bull flag and it did break through. Um, it uh, didn't quite get to the target, but certainly led to a profitable trade. And now on the other end of the spectrum, it looks an awful lot uh, like the same bear flag that we are getting in Bitcoin. Uh, main difference being is that the measured move is much more drastic and is something that I really like to see uh, based on how much I am wanting these alts to fall apart. Uh, so if we look at this as a bear flag that has already confirmed, uh, we can give a measured move to $85, which is right in line with the low that occurred at the end of 2018. Uh, so again, I love seeing patterns whose measured moves line up with horizontals, and that's exactly what we're getting here. Uh, this bear flag has confirmed, and the measured move is down to this prior horizontal. Uh, so what we're seeing right now, I am viewing as a great selling opportunity. Uh, this little bounce right in here certainly seems like a, a great opportunity to go ahead and either enter or add to this position. Um, it is bouncing, uh, throwing back to retest the horizontal uh, that provided support for this, uh, the first touch point of this flag. And that is probably the best area, in my opinion, to enter um, is the throwback to the horizontal, not necessarily this breakdown because it can be very subjective. Sometimes this will need to get redrawn, yada, yada, yada. Uh, this horizontal right here is usually very objective. And when the price throws back to retest that, I view it as the best time to go ahead and enter in on this type of pattern yeah, and also uh don't forget the nice fat round number of 200 is uh is also critical here absolutely very very critical i'm glad you, you brought that up because i forgot to um touch on that with uh bitcoin same exact thing with a bear flag occurring at a critical price point. Um, this is occurring at 10,000. Basically, it tried to break down 10,000. A lot of demand at four figures, so it gets back up. A lot of resistance as it gets back up to 10.5. Um, so right here, we are um, consolidating on 10,000, and uh, the Ethereum chart does give me a little bit more confidence that this will break down because often alts will lead Bitcoin, especially to the downside. So the fact that uh, ETH has already confirmed its bear flag and it has already um, broken down its key area of psychological support at 200, uh, that's painting a picture to me that, that shows that uh, Bitcoin is gonna be pretty likely to follow. And that's all that I got there. Uh, do you want to, uh, should I send it on back?
Yep, I can take over screen share. So uh, the one thing I want to mention before we move on away from the altcoins, though, since you're talking about Ethereum, I look at Ethereum in, in, uh, in terms of Bitcoin. And if the next candle is down against Bitcoin, Ethereum is in serious trouble uh, because it becomes a red two, below a red one, below the nine. I know it already fell a lot, but it, there's a lot more you can go. So we just spent about 30 minutes talking about the bearish case for Bitcoin. And that clearly tells our audience that we are both bearish. Uh, just to spend 30 seconds uh, talking about the potential bullish case for Bitcoin, I would literally need Bitcoin to approach 12,000 to be bullish. I need a new higher high. Uh, that's it. Yep, that's uh, very interesting. And, and I am going to be, be, be paying very close attention over these next 12 to 24 hours. What happens at this weekly close is going to be crucial for me. If it can close back above that trend line at about 10,500, then we could get a very sharp reaction to the upside. Anytime the price tries to break down a trend line and it fails to do so by essentially wicking below and closing above, there will often be a big continuation um, in that direction. So we are very close. We only need about $140 or so, and we've got a few hours, about three hours until the close. And uh, if uh, what tends to happen uh, in the time shortly before weekly closes and shortly after is very important. Uh, same thing could be said about daily closes in terms of if the bulls are really are in control here, um, which would need to be the case for them to keep this trend line intact and for there to essentially be more supply than demand. If that is the case, then generally they're going to take over control in the few um, hours or minutes leading into that close. And you'll see a strong amount of buyers coming in potentially last 30 minutes or the last hour before the candle closes. So right now it is in a position that it very well could uh, get that last um, push by the bulls, which causes it to close back above the trend line, which could cause some major um, action back to the upside. So if that does happen, um, I would be getting out of my shorts uh, basically right away and then waiting for further confirmation to enter longs. And that further confirmation would be that weekly, SAR. All right. And uh, real quick, uh, th there's really nothing more to add on. Uh, nothing interesting there. Uh, this is the total market cap. You know, until we go below these lows, there's really nothing interesting there. Bitcoin uh, per dominance percentage. We're on a nine pullback. Let's see what happens next. Candle or on the line chart. Ethereum we discussed. Litecoin looks terrible, but it's a nine. It can still bounce. Uh, but this is the Litecoin's point of no return. If the price goes lower than that line, I think Litecoin dies. Um, Bcash, same thing. If it goes lower than this line, uh, if, if Bcash ever goes below 2% of Bitcoin, I believe it will die. Uh, that's probably gonna happen right after they're having. Uh, not much more to say on that. Hey, before we move on to gold, um, very quick, Socrates is launching his own YouTube channel. The first stream will be tomorrow, right? First yep. show, August 19th, that's tomorrow at, uh, at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So you can check that out. 
Uh, here's my calendar over on tonebase.com. My next event is going to be the Black Blockchain Summit at Howard University, Washington, D.C. And then I am off to Europe for over a month. You can see all of the countries that I'll be at. And then the event in Bali. Uh, Socrates will be there as well, the Financial Summit. Uh, go ahead and check it out. Lots of interest. Uh, so uh, it, would be, uh, it would be great to sell out. Uh, it is limited to about 25 to 30 people in total, which includes the people you already see here. Pretty much anyone that's coming uh, that wants their uh, name and profile to be on this website, we can do that. Uh, here, everything's included. So please read this over. Uh, that's about it for the announcements. If you guys want to support, please check out the affiliates page. Um, it's good for traders, VPNs, uh, TradingView subscriptions. Please support this channel. But if you're buying any of these products or services, check your jurisdiction that you are legally able to do so. And then uh, please use these links. All right, let's talk about gold. Gold closed the week fairly strong. We're at a new, what, three-year high, five-year high? Where are we here? Um, we are at a new five-year high, six-year high. Uh, that is bullish to me, and I continue to, uh, and I was pretty much bullish ever since we broke the 38% Fibonacci line. I don't really... I'm not really feeling this move from a fundamental perspective, but from a technical perspective, I am bullish gold. Uh, and my next level of concern is the 62% Fibonacci, especially if it happens on a weekly and daily nine combination. On a daily scale, I haven't looked at the daily scale in a while. Ooh, wow, look at that. We have a nine, 13, big volatility. And at this point, I am bullish gold as well. But let's see how it opens in about two hours, right? And then how it trades on Monday. Uh, but we are in a new setup, the countdown from this nine. And um, I'm still bullish gold into the $600 area of the 62% Fibonacci. Uh, Socrates, your thoughts? Yep, uh, nothing much has really changed for me. I'm uh, definitely in agreement that 1600 is the next area that I would be expecting um, consolidation. Um, I don't see much to worry about before then. And even at 1600, the most that I am expecting is just a, a minor correction or um, just some sort of pause uh, sideways action, which could be uh, an opportunity to uh, potentially uh, reaccumulate if not uh, fully exposed to this market. Um, so right here, we did recently get uh, buy signal from that TD with the green three above the green two. Um, it's definitely uh, giving some very good signals throughout this run that uh, two that went above the one to start it out um, back down in May that broke through the setup trend line. That was just a perfect uh, sort of entry where you broke the one and then closed above the setup trend line. So definitely liking what I'm seeing out of the TD, liking what I'm seeing out of the moving averages. 
Um, that's an interesting three-day chart there, seeing the uh, potential kind of spinning top uh, inside bar on an eight. That does so show signs of a potential short-term correction, uh, but um, I, uh, I'm not seeing anything that's worrying me really at all at this point. <laughs> Oh, you're on mute. We're on the weekend. The markets have been closed, but you haven't been on my show for, I think, since like early last week. So the S&P 500, here's the daily chart of the futures. We had a very strong day on Friday. And um, to me, this is really interesting. Um, to me, it's basically this trend line. And this horizontal. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah, I was kind of sweating over the last couple of days um, uh, last week of the S&P. If we, if we took out that low of the red six, um, which was around 2770 or so, um, if we took that out, I was going to be very, very worried um, and would not have wanted to have really any exposure um, to the equity markets. If we took that out, uh, a lot of bad things were um, primed to happen. First and foremost would have been a death cross with the 50 and 200 EMAs on the four hour chart. Instead, we appear to have established a higher low. So that action on Thursday and Friday is hugely important to me. And I very much agree with Tone uh, that you can draw that, that trend line and that horizontal is going to be the most important boundaries on this chart. Uh, something else that has been jumping out at me over the last couple of days is the potential for a Bolkowski big W pattern, um, which is essentially like a, a double bottom, uh, which also kind of provides a measured move back up to the top of where the sell-off started at about 3,025. And then if you are able to break through that horizontal, it provides another measured move, which is done just like a cup and handle um, or, or anything else like that. So basically if we can break through Tone's green line there that is around 2940 or so, then that would confirm uh, this big W entry and uh, that would very much have me expecting a return to um, prior all-time highs. Also, if you look at the MACD, the last time the MACD crossed cleanly in a similar area, it was a huge rally. And you can look at it here as well. So it's very possible that Monday or Tuesday, we could have a, a nice MACD crossover. I'm uh, glad that you brought that up. That's fascinating. I'll have to take a closer look. I've never used the MACD very much myself. How, how important is that to you? It's not, but it's something to keep in mind when I happen to see it. Agreed. I love the clean MACD crossovers. Like, this gets me out of the market. But this makes me very bullish. And this makes me very bearish. And this will make me very bullish. This would have made me bearish. And this choppiness would have made me go to cash. Like this would make me bullish. This choppiness makes me go to cash. And this lets me buy back in. So if I back out and I look at what happened there, 
so here is the bullishness. So I'm happy to buy into the S&P. Here I'm very happy to short because of a clean crossover and it's following the nine. But now it starts to get choppy and then I stay out of the market. And the next time I buy back in is right here. And how would you be able to identify that it's uh, choppy in real time? Is that the recross below the zero threshold? Is that? No, no, it recrosses uh, very quickly. Okay. So, oops. So for me, the way I define choppiness is um, I look at clean trades like here, here to here is I have an, an approximate estimate of time of how long this trend was. And I need some form of a vicinity to that in order to consider it a tradable opportunity. Like, like here, here to here is a decent amount of time relative on a chart. Same thing from here to here and now here to potential here. But over here, we cross over and this is where I can take the short trade. I can flip from long to short, but it fails so quickly that I'm not interested in the long trade. It just goes to cash. I can find other metrics, right? But I don't like trading the chop. Like, like here's an, another example. Let's look at, hmm. let me do this. Hold on. Let me flip these two places. How do I flip them? Think, oh, here it is. I can flip these and I can make this bigger. Okay, so right here, there is a, see, this is choppiness. This is a crossover to the downside followed by a crossover to the upside. So I'm not using MACD to get into the bullish trade. It's happening too choppy. But this is a big run up and a very clean crossover to the downside. This is where I'm happy to short because I wasn't in a long trade. I might have been in a long trade, but that long trade had nothing to do with the MACD. It was independent of the MACD. But the MACD right here is telling me to short because it was rallying for so long and now because it was a the, the trend lasted for a while and it's having a very clean crossover to the other direction i'm happy to go long now i don't know if it crossed over here or not it looks like it did so this is where i exit the long trade but because it was such a little amount of time uh, it's not telling me to short it yet and the problem here is it's also a very short amount of time. So it's still in this choppy zone. So it's not telling me to short it, but this is a much longer period of time for a trend. And this crossover is telling me to go long. This crossover, um, if it told me to go short, I'm going into cash because of the choppiness. And then I wait for the trend I wait for the market to trend somewhere, either down or up, and give me a clean crossover. But if that clean crossover is followed by an immediate crossover in the other direction, then hopefully I still made money on the trade, but I'm in cash. I'm not interested in, in trading it until it trended for a while, 
gave me uh and then gave me a clean cross does that make sense yeah that was a great explanation that, absolutely and i appreciate that um that's something that i am very very interested in is um methods to distinguish uh trend from chop because uh, often uh choppy markets they they just look like they're just begging to start a trend and and every signal that will occur will end up losing money and if uh you can um, if I can, and, and you as a viewer, uh, viewers can get good enough at um, identifying areas of um, ranging markets and therefore not using trend trading strategies when a market is ranging. That's one of the single best ways to improve uh, strike rate and to improve um, win rate. One more final example. People will laugh at this, but you see all this choppiness in the MACD right here all throughout this final rise in the market? Yep. The MACD is not telling me, the MACD is not giving me a trend, trading signal here. So that means if I am short this big crash, it has nothing to do with the MACD. It is, if I happen to be short and I see the MACD going down this much, it confirms my trade, but the MACD did not lead me into this trade. However, the MACD could have been uh, my one of my top reasons to go long right here. If I just bring this up right there, right? This could have been a MACD entry into the trade because it trended for a while and then it had this sharp, clean crossover to the upside. Yeah, can you help me understand something? And maybe this is just where um, maybe the MACD falls a little bit short, uh, but that action just doesn't make any sense. From July to October, the MACD is um, very choppy. I guess actually starting back in July um, when the price was really trending. I mean, it trended from 2,800 all the way, um, and yeah, back here, if you could, yep, uh, back here, uh, right in there. So right there, we've got a strong trend that is occurring that whole time. Like that is the definition of a trend as far as I'm concerned. You can draw a parallel channel. There's higher highs, higher lows. Um, at the, you're getting nines every which way. I mean, that is a trend. But the Yeah, but it was, it was doing it in too orderly of a fashion. And the, the blue law, uh, the, the red line is basically the difference between the 26 and the 12 exponential moving average. Okay, that makes sense. So if they're fairly close to each other, this thing is gonna be flat. And then you have the blue line is the moving average of the MACD line, and then it just oscillates around it. You just gave me a very interesting idea. It makes me wonder um, if you were to adjust the MACD settings and use say something like the 50 and 200 uh, EMAs, um, that would change the signals tremendously. And with how much I um, like to use uh, those EMAs, potentially that could be a really good tool because I very much do um, agree that it is very important how far those moving averages are diverged or converged from each other. That is my most important way to identify strength of trend. Um, so I'm definitely gonna have to give that some more thought. All right. Um... On a weekly scale, uh, the S&P uh, is in a neutral stance for me. All right, uh, that's about it. We can take a look at it. Actually, there's no reason to look at stocks. The markets are closed. So we're just going to wait till next week. 
Um, we got uh, we got a couple of news events. Uh, people think that Satoshi is going to come out this week because Satoshi would use a PR firm uh, to announce uh, his uh, uh, retirement or return to the world. Uh, so anyone who believes in that nonsense is uh, I, I really have to question them. Um, and uh, Bact announced the date for like the 25th time. I don't know how seriously I'm going to take their latest date. I think it's now September something. I, I, I think it's all priced into the market. I don't think it's relevant. Your thoughts? Um, I haven't done enough research. I've been out of town and I, I really couldn't provide a good input there. <laughs> all right. Um, so on that note, guys, don't forget Socrates is starting his YouTube channel tomorrow. Uh, 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, check out the Financial Summit. Uh, that's the next event I am organizing in Bali. Socrates will be there. Uh, I mean, everyone on here, you guys should know, but probably next week, we're going to have some hedge funds here that are going to be looking for traders and trading strategies to uh, create algorithms around. So we are still looking for traders interested in meeting, meeting some people with capital. That's basically the plan uh, to attend. If you want to support this channel, check out the affiliates page. If you want to see where I'm traveling to, check out the calendar. And uh, this weekend coming up, we have a workshop on options. All right, guys, that's it for me. And um, I will talk to you all on the next one. Sounds great. Bye, guys.